My name is Heidi and I love stories. Funny stories and sad stories and what on earth just happened stories. As it turns out, the Bible is full of them. After two decades in Sunday school, plus a master's in English, I'm here to tell them to you. Get ready. This is Messy Scripture. We've made it to the book of Judges, which opens with Israel's failure to complete the conquest of Canaan. During Joshua's lifetime, they continued to fight and continued to push the borders of Israel into new areas of Canaan, but they didn't want to. Like, they got lazy with it, and God decided to let them be lazy with it. He wasn't going to drive out the people in front of them, one, because they didn't have the population to fill up that area, so it would immediately fall back into enemy hands. And more importantly, he wanted to see if they would actually follow through on their end of the bargain if he wasn't making it easy. Now, that's not to say that God was making it difficult. It's to say that, you know, they had promised that they would not live like their neighbors. God was going to see what happened if he left neighbors for them. If you remember how Israel did in the desert with following God's directions when there was nobody to tempt them to do otherwise, you can imagine how well they did in Canaan with lots of Canaanite neighbors who had fun, sexy time worship and child sacrifice and all kinds of other good stuff. And by good stuff, I mean terrible stuff. God's solution was to raise up judges, which is not the same thing as a king. I mean, broadly speaking, you could think of Joshua as the first judge, but it wouldn't quite be accurate. Anyway, the judges were leaders that would lead Israel spiritually and also militarily and help keep them on track. Generally, they got raised up throughout the book of Judges, at least, when uh, Israel was really screwing up and when an enemy people would come in and take them over and oppress them because, you know... They had made a deal with God, and the deal included things like, if you are being disobedient, I will let your enemies conquer you. And Israel was like, yeah, 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 we promise, we promise, we'll be obedient. And then when they were disobedient, they were real surprised that God was like, I am still going to hold up my end of the bargain. So that's the book of Judges. So that you guys have a really clear sense of how quickly Israel fell into not obedience and into disobedience, and how quickly they failed the test of, will you obey me if... I let there be any temptation in your environment at all. The first judge was Othniel, who is Caleb's younger brother. If you remember Caleb, he was one of the two spies sent in uh, by Moses who didn't screw everything up. The two were like, we can do this. That was Joshua and Caleb. So the first judge, the first one who had to step up and conquer an enemy because Israel had fallen into sin, fallen into extreme disobedience, and then required rescuing, was Caleb's younger brother. So this timeline very short. We are already immediately seeing that this people group is going to have a very hard time not being like everyone else. And the heart of the promise is to not just be like everyone else, which is not easy for any group of people. Uh, but at this point, they were going to have a hard time. That being said, if something in the Bible is absolutely crazy, like just wild, there's a good chance it happens in the book of Judges. So a lot of these stories are pretty freaking hilarious. This one is possibly my favorite judge, and we're getting to him real fast. Like, I'm opened to the verse, and it's like in chapter 3. But he's still fantastic. Guy's name is Ehud. Anyway, Israel is sinning. Surprise! And God hands them over to Eglon, king of Moab. You might remember Moab as one of the two uh, incestuous sons of Lot by his daughters. That's Moab. Well, the Moabites are a people now, Eglon is their king, and they take over Israel, and Ehud, who is a Benjaminite and left-handed, is going to do something about it. The Part of the reason they make a note about being left-handed is while it was not genetically less prominent at the time, uh, it was certainly less socially acceptable to be left-handed. So it wasn't something that anybody expected. Israel decided to send their tribute to Eglon 
who was their overlord, by Ehud, who had forged himself a secret double-edged sword that he strapped to his right thigh, where no one would expect it. You know, because that's not where right-handed people put their swords. They put them on the left side so that they can draw across their body. Ehud brings the tribute to Eglon, who was extremely fat. This is an important note because it's going to come up very shortly. Anyway, Ehud presents his tribute to the very fat King Eglon and then tells him that he has a message for him. And Eglon sends everyone out of the room so that Ehud can deliver his super secret message. The super secret message, for those of you who may not have figured it out yet, is that Ehud stabs the king in the stomach. He stabs him so hard and so deeply that the sword is buried in the king's fat, like the hilt disappears. And then Ehud just closes the doors, locks them, and exits out the back door off the porch. Remember how I mentioned that King Eglon was fat? Well, apparently he wasn't super healthy because his attendants saw that the doors were locked and were like, oh, he's probably relieving himself. He also, from what we can understand and gather, must have taken such long poops that uh, they wait two hours before they are so embarrassed at both the smell and the fact that he has not unlocked the doors that they decide to go in and see if he's okay. Like, they're not even that concerned. They're just embarrassed because the stench is powerful. Keep in mind, Eglon is not relieving himself. He has a sword all the way through his body and is extremely dead at this point. While the attendants are waiting for their master to be done pooping, Ehud is not wasting his time. He gets all the way to the hill country of Ephraim and becomes the leader of an army. Keep in mind that Ephraim is a hill country, which means once you're there, you pretty much have the advantage, which means that Israel was now in a great position to attack Moab, and they did. They took the fort of the Jordan, and they ended up killing about 10,000 Moabites and subduing them. So Ehud effectively kicked Moab out of the country and effectively won back the peace of Israel. Israel, in fact, had peace for 80 years. I'm just going to read this directly after him was Shemgar, son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. So he did it without a sword. Just great dude. Good, good work. Good fast work. I'm going to make this episode kind of short in part because, well, Israel's going to keep following other gods. And the thing is, to understand the cycle of judges how Israel falls and then gets back up and falls and then gets back up. It's really critical to understand just how important it was to God that they be kind of monogamous. That's the word to use. They they were supposed to only be his, and they had promised that over and over and over. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had made that promise, but then the entire nation had made that promise more than once to God. So he has the right to be jealous. It's not the same thing as being envious where you want something that isn't really yours or you're angry at someone for having something that isn't yours. This is a God who wants his people to love him back, and he's taking good care of them. Like, all the way out of Egypt, all through the desert, all the way through the Canaanite conquest, God's definitely been doing pretty obvious work. It's up to Israel whether or not they're going to treat him like he's their God or whether they're going to act like just any old God would do. Next episode, we're going to meet two of the most badass of the badass ladies of the Bible, as well as perhaps the weakest of the strongmen of the Bible. It's going to be a good time, as good of a time as you can have in the Book of Judges. I hope you enjoyed Lefty Ehud, plus Caleb's younger brother and the other guy, and I will catch you next time.